Hey everyone, welcome to B2B Made Simple. I'm Sam Moss, the CEO and co-founder of One Click Agency. On this show, I interview marketing experts from fast-growing B2B SaaS companies. We feature podcast episodes I'm a guest on, and sometimes we throw in a consulting call I've done with another company. Our goal with this show is to equip you and give you the tools you need to be the best marketer you can be. Hey, my name is Tim Kroll, and I'm the co-host focused on the topic of leadership here on the B2B Made Simple podcast. We have an exciting conversation coming, so let's not waste any time and jump right in. Hey, welcome back, guys. I am really, really happy I have Christian with me today. And Christian is a self-taught technologist. (laughs) I think that's the best way to put that. Um, Man, I, I was going through some of his bio, and he's an individual that has such a phenomenal background and his story and the journey that he's taken and then coming all the way through just finding out what the passion is kind of going through a couple of twists and changes as we all do as leaders as entrepreneurs i can truly say christian your journey is along the same lines as everybody's journey it's like hey we're going in this direction and i kind of find a different interest and i as i'm reading your bio everything from the next stop with the career 15 years here 50 warner cable like you've got 17 years in a startup company actually love being able to look at a bio like that because it tells me you've got experience and you've probably gone through the school of hard knocks. And when we come into the leadership aspect of it, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that you're going to be able to share with us. And we're going to talk about becoming a better leader, the betterment, and then being able to shift your mind and have a great mindset and be able to adjust because who better than somebody like you who's had a lot of twists and turns in the journey. Um, I know that you're a family man. I know you live in upstate New York, kind of call back to where I used to live up in Webster. So we've got that in common. You've got two kids. I mean, like all of these 30 years, we just celebrated our 26th. So I feel like, man, we've got a lot of stuff in common. I'm excited about it. All of the stuff that we're going to talk about as far as sustainability and leadership, becoming a better leader. Anyway, I'll stop now because I'm kind of geeking out a little bit. And I'm excited to introduce you to the audience to be able to have this conversation. So here you are. Welcome. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to be able to do this. And Tim, I really appreciate the the opportunity, and and, and I appreciate your passion because we've had a, several conversations, and uh, they've been very very enjoyable. I, I agree, we have a lot in common, uh, you know, different background, but a lot a lot of similarities. So yeah, I, so that's I'm what glad. I love about everybody's background, especially when I get guests and people on the show, and we start talking. It's interesting because our all of our our experiences are going to be different. There's no doubt. I mean, some of us are going to be in tech. Some of us are in e-com. Some of us are in service businesses. It's all across the board, corporates versus small businesses. But when we talk about leadership, there seems to be foundational principles, which is where we keep coming back to. And part of these foundational principles, as we discuss them, find out how we learn them. I, I mean, hopefully we can save some people a little bit of challenge when it comes to the school of hard knocks that we went through. Um, but that's what we're here for. It's just to be able to learn and have a great conversation. So um, probably the best way to get started is let's kind of and do this with everybody. Let's hear a little bit about your journey, the steps, the process, like how did you get to be where you are? Uh, interesting to contemplate this. So um, very much a late bloomer. I did not like the school experience. And then the irony that I've become a lifelong learner after getting out of the re- required schooling mm. Um As you mentioned, self-taught in computers, and it was just by being in a nonprofit organization that wasn't using them very well, and I had no idea how to use them. And so once I learned how to use it, I'm like, wow, this is powerful in terms of what it can do organizationally. And my intellect of being logical and wanting to analyze stuff 
Um, and so that led to uh, me really getting into computers as a consultant, got hired doing that for a while, became a, a part owner of a small mom and pop consultancy, you know, learned a lot about business, uh, learned a lot about customer uh, effectiveness and customer satisfaction and how to, um, the, the, the idea and concept of an employee as, um, as a human and not just a resource um, and how different people um, have different motivations and different value systems. But yeah, and how do you get a, a conglomeration of different people with different values and different backgrounds still working to the same outcome yeah. of being able to have a happy, a happy customer? Um, so that got me intrigued in becoming a student of total quality management. And we weren't, it very much came out of manufacturing, but here mm -hmm. I am in a service industry. And how do, in a service industry, do we make ourselves better and the organization better? And it was a few project management and teaching myself project management and then teaching that to the organization and the individuals that were, that were underneath me. Um, I walked away from that organization when it got sold to a different company, didn't want to be involved with that. Uh, and walked onto a ship of a very large company, Time Warner Cable, as a sales engineer and eventually as a sales uh, operations manager. In the middle of that, or near, near the tail end of that, but uh, got my MBA in sustainability. I've always been interested in the environment, realized um, that I fell asleep for a bit and wasn't living my environmental values. And uh, for folks in the Northeast might remember in 2003, a good portion of the Northeast lost power for different uh, amounts of time. And I realized, hey, wait a minute, I care about solar, I care about the environment and deep dove into research and realized that it's only money and only and I have equity in my house. And that started me going down quite a rabbit hole, <laughs> uh, learning about how to how to, you know, change my lifestyle to be one where I'm not actually changing my lifestyle as much as me investing in the future with what I do with, um, well, with solar. And uh, my last two positions were eliminated. And so that's the universe telling me not to be an employee anymore. And I joke that I have a 17 year old startup because it was a side thing. And I, you know, I, I wouldn't admit it for so many years, Tim, that um, I really valued safety and security. And why have one position when you can have two? Have the, the corporate gig and also um, the, the sides, uh, side job and nights, weekends, vacation time and personal time. Um, nights and weekends is definitely a theme for me. Uh, started with me after I wait to be married and after I wait for my first child to be born. Hey, great idea. Let me go to school at night. My wife was not happy. And she said, you can't have more than one class at a time. And I, did, I, I didn't listen to her once, which was the first time I said, that's crazy. And I did two classes. And, you know, hindsight's 2020, not that long into me realizing, oh, my God, I should listen to her. And I did. So it took me nine years part-time to get my, my, my first degree. That's pretty um, awesome. Yeah. Pretty awesome. So, yeah. All right. So, so I, I, this is what I love about the, the journey that you're talking about is there's a lot of different pieces and parts. And I know as leaders, we sometimes go down, we have an idea, we have a, a, a thought process or we have a, a direction in mind, but then we start to get away and that, you know, we'll talk about, I'm sure there's some better men and I'll give you a chance, but just mm -hmm. to unpack some of this stuff. Number one is it sounded like you kind of got away from some of the core values that you had and mm -hmm. you had to come back to center. Right. And we talk about that on this show in, in regards to making sure that we're following our North star, we're following our core values and we stay true to that. I, I, 
maybe this is going to be too much of a rabbit hole, but just real quick, how did you realize that you were off course and how did you come back to center to your values? Because like you said, it was just like a, you almost had a wake up call in that journey. And that I think is really, really important for a leader when you get to that point of, Oh, I'm not, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not going in the direction that I want to be. How do you make that adjustment? And maybe we can tie that into the betterment and some of the self and uh, the shift as far as in the mindset, but I'd love to be able to kind of dive into that just a little bit more. Well, my belief system looking back in the uh, the 90s when I decided to move away from the environmental advocacy organization that I was working for and um, work in the consultancy is a belief system that there was an either or. Mm. Either you can do what you really care about and you're going to have a financial challenge in doing so, or you can focus on the money. You can focus on you know, obviously with something that you're good at and um, prioritize things differently. And, um, you know, being, I was, I already had my first, my first son. My second son was um, only a few months old when I ended up leaving that environmental organization and going to the, uh, the consultancy. And um, I remember feeling, looking back in hindsight, going to sleep. And because it's an either or, right? So I, I can't, can't and, and that was a very prevalent attitude then. You can't protect the environment and have a good economy. And I kind of bought into that, that narrative um, that existed at that time. And it was, you know, the, the shark, shark, the sharp event that happened in the moment of, wow, there's some weird thing that happened. And the power went out in multiple states. And um, I knew from my environmental uh, concern days that there's, ways that you can get electricity, uh, that the cost of the electricity is free, solar panels, wind farms. And so that's like, okay, you know what, I'm going to, you know, being the lifelong learner that I didn't know before when I was in high school, but now I am another example of me doing so, um, detail oriented, just go down a rabbit hole and learn about, oh, wow, I don't have to change my appliances because before my attitude, my understanding was I have to get a new refrigerator, a new washing machine to make the solar panels be able to make those things work. No, there's things that are like computers called inverters and they convert the electricity. All I have to do is invest in my future, use equity in my home that already existed and get state incentives. There weren't tax incentives at the federal level in 2003, mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know, bit the bullet and said, okay, this is how I'm going to live my values. Um, and you know, put my money where my mouth was, um, and was more importantly, more so, you know, back when I had this either-or mentality. And the interesting thing is, from a shifting standpoint, I shifted to a both end. I can be the father I want to be in um, providing the uh, safety and security and the uh, upbringing for my for my children, while also living other values. Uh, in environmental protection and, and being the person I would, I'd like others to be, but it's not my expectation to have others do that way. I got to start with myself. Right. So how do you then apply that to your leadership style? Because when you found, you said, okay, look, I, I, I love the act that you brought up the belief system. I, I think that's so true as so many of us have certain beliefs that we carry forward into our lives as far as going in the future that were created either while we were children or maybe early in our leadership styles or careers mm-hmm. and things like that. So I love that belief system. I love the fact that you brought that up and a really, really important point to address and deal with. But how, again, how do you apply this now? Okay, you, you've come to this and everybody uses different words when they come to this. They do, it's a crisis or it's a, it's a moment in time. 
um, there's a, it's called the power of a moment is a book that I just finished reading and everything hinges on action, which I love the way that they put that. And I think Mm -hmm. this is where we're going is okay. We have a realization, but it comes down to action. So how did you then apply action to be able to get back to saying, okay, we are going to do a both and not an either, or what's the action. What did you do to be able to have that be now a part of your life? Uh, back to the lifelong learner situation. It's just absorbing content that uh, I'm, I'm interested in. Um, and it's kind of, it's kind of weird. I might be jumping ahead in terms of your question. No, well, okay. Okay. So let's do this then let's maybe back up and we'll, if we're, if we're jumping ahead, then maybe we step back and we kind of actually talk about what you are bringing to the table, the betterment and the shifting of the mindset. I'll let you go ahead and take it in the direction that you think is best. If you want to take a step back, totally fine. Um, but I, yeah, I know so, the, so, the, so the, just the, the betterment is it's a through line and I wasn't really aware of it. The introspection of 2020 opened me up to, hey, wait a minute, there, there's a through line in terms of how I operate and how I think and how I move forward as an individual um, in, a, in a career career situation, but I guess some degree overall as an individual. Yeah, I, I guess actually now that I'm re- further refining that, yeah, I was telling you the story about the, the betterment of going, of going solar and living my values. So betterment and entrepreneurship, those are the, those are the two, two words of how, how can I um, you know, and, and from, you're, you're interesting that you're, you're pointing out the whole belief system. It's, you know, realizing that um, my beliefs are um, a little challenged in areas um, from, a, from a, a, a thought and then a feeling and then an action. You know, there's a lot of anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, to be very honest, and put, put, put some out, something out on my, on my sleeve that I've experienced over the course of my lifetime, and most acutely, specifically when I had career and job challenges, because I'm an American male, and I think I'm not the only one that defines ourselves and our being based on what we do. And um, that interpretation or that, or that identity, what my identity was. And um, so my first experience with challenge, challenge of anxiety and depression was the lack of clarity I had while I was working at that small consultancy and the turmoil that was going on, because while I had a great deal of respect for the person that owned the company, he wanted to move out and, and sell it. And that, that, that's going to kind of open, you know, drop the floor out from underneath me. Um, and just, just wasn't happy. And, um, and it was through establishing some faith, which I never really had, and getting a recollection for when my son was born in uh, 1993, because I didn't believe there was a God. I didn't think things happened for a reason. And you can't do medical, medical intervention because it goes back to my rule number one that doesn't exist. But I had in the moment a complete shift because my son almost died. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, full term and uh, my wife had a horrible C-section after a, a, a whole full 24 hours worth of labor. Um, and he was very sick, even though he was full term and he needed medical intervention that was playing God. And I, the, the miracles and the uh, perception shift that happened um, in what the family refers to as a place called Pittsburgh, because it felt like an alternate reality um, when we, he, got, he got airlifted there. And that, so that really shifted my mindset um, and, and belief system and how I, I looked at the role that I play 
um, as a father, as a husband, as an employee. Um, but the challenge then is you go back to life and there's a lot that you forget. To your point about wanting to not have folks reinvent the wheel, <clears throat> it's not, I think when we're doing good, we're not learning much. Mm. It's when we're challenged and we're put, our back is up against the wall and we have choices to make. Yep. What are you going to do? And how are you going to move forward? And um, give me goosebumps, forget, by the way, because I love what you're saying. You're 100% right. It's those challenges. Yeah. It's, and, and when we need, it's unfortunate to say we need those challenges. Yeah. Um, they're, uh, it all depends on what your belief system is on where, why they're there and what to do with them. And, and, and that's fine. We each have our, our own individual paths and decisions we need to need to make. Um, but, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm coming across it right now, right? So I said I had a 17 year old uh, startup. Right. And um, the universe is telling me that I'm done being an employee, but I would not listen. I would not listen through all of 2020. I wouldn't listen when I was at Time Warner Cable for the time that I was there. I had seven different bosses over 15 years. And it took the very last boss to um, reorganize and go, okay, you know, the, the external situation was these positions are being eliminated because um, if you want the job, move to Connecticut. And I'm like, okay, there's a choice. There's my back against the wall. No, my mom is in her seventies. I'm not doing that. It, my, my values, it's more important. Here yep. I am questioning my identity and having a value that's not aligned with my identity of what I do. That created crisis. Um, I closed on the house I'm talking to you in right now, not employed. Hmm. And that, was, that freaked me out. Yeah. Um, but here I am today. That was that was 2018. It's 2021. And, and I'm still here and I'm still fine. And um, so I got through it. But in the moment, it's 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 quite scary, which really questions your faith. And how much do you want to white knuckle where you are and what you're doing? And, and the more that you do that, the less clarity you're going to have. And to me, that then becomes how effective are you at self-leadership and being a leader overall of others? isn't going to happen if you can't effectively lead yourself. I totally agree with you. I couldn't, like, as for me and the foundations, that's the first foundational step is how are you leading yourself? You're hundred percent correct. I could not agree more. And mm -hmm. I, I, man, there's so many things here. So I'm going to let you take it in the direction rather than ask questions because you talked about the betterment, you talked about the belief system. You talked about uh, the shifting in your mindset. And then we have growth only when we're outside of our comfort zone. We only have growth in our challenges and then the white knuckling. And then the fact that, okay, I was forced with my back against the wall. What truly are my core values? All of those topics you just covered in a matter of like five minutes. <laughs> so I'm going to let you take, you, you pick whichever topic, but how can we practically, and this is one of the things, well, let me just kind of back up. I know when we talked in green rooms and, and previous conversations, one of the things that I know we connected on was the fact that we take complex, we take strategies. I, I, I look at strategies in business and leadership and how do I make them simple? I know you feel the very same way about technology, how you take something that's very complex technologically, most people don't understand and how do you get, so let's do that right now with all of mm -hmm. the things that we've been talking about, how do we make them practically applicable to an everyday life? Let's say somebody finds themselves in the exact situation that you are or mm -hmm. were, mm -hmm. because we're going to have a, a broad range. Some people are going to be like, yeah, I relate. I'm stuck in a job. I hate it, but I didn't realize, or I'm going through a crisis right now. I have to make the changes. I have to grow and I'm questioning every decision that I have to make. So how do we apply this stuff? 
Maybe I'm dropping a cannonball on you and you're just like, oh, my goodness. You are. You are. Well, um, so what resonates with me on on how I would go about it is um, I'm not sure how familiar you are with Gallup and their strengths. I'm Uh, not, actually. This is new. Clifford uh, Clifford Strengths um, uh, used to be called Strengths Finder. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I am familiar with Strengths Finders. I didn't know that they had changed their name, but yeah, I yeah, they actually, changed it back to they changed it back to the gentleman Cl- uh, Clifton, who was the last name of the of the ma- major researcher. Yeah, um, I have but, his book right on my shelf. I actually love that and use it all the time. I mean, I best. know what my five are, and I get it. I I love that. Go ahead. I got reintroduced to it again because um um you know I love how the universe works. If you're if you're paying attention and open to uh this. The, idios, the, the, the synchronicities that can exist if you're conscious enough, mm-hmm. um, where at the end of the day, you can put your own meaning making around anything that you're exposed to. But if you're, I would argue that there's a level of humbleness, a level of mindfulness uh, about your state and your, and your being, you can be open to, to, to things. And uh, I would say, in my crisis moments where there were big challenges in, in, in front of me, that was an integral foundational thing to do is to stop. And I did it, I did it this morning. I'm, I'm preparing for a client meeting uh, on Wednesday. And um, I like to work out a script in my mind of how I want the meeting to go. So I, I look at, I look at that experience like an athlete looks at the, um, the work that they need to do to be on um, on the track itself or on the soccer field or football field, you know, and what, and what are really good athletes do? They go through their mind playing the game over and over and over again. And to me, business is a game, um, not a game of recreation. It's a game of life and a game of service and a game of providing value based on what your strengths are. Um, I believe what, what what Gallup points out that if you're not if you're not aligned doing what your strengths are, you're going to be miserable. You're not going to be producing value, and therein lies the antithesis of betterment, right? Uh, and uh, disengagement. I've been fascinated with employee engagement as part of going back to that whole TQM thread that I talked about in the in the early '90s. Um, because being better, being aligned with values and outcomes uh, and ease, um, I think is really important. It's important for the individual. And then when you have it collective, it's important for the team. And when you, it's a larger collective for the company and then society. Um, so, yeah, I think deep about, about this stuff, but it's, it all starts with, with ourselves and, and, and where, we, where we focus. Yeah. I, so is it okay if I just outline what you just said? Sure. <laughs> so here we go. So number one, you got You must stop. There must be a reflective time. Uh, number two is you've got to play your game. You've got to play what it within. And so that then leads to number three, which is align your strength. And number four is align your values. Mm-hmm. So if we don't stop and we don't reflect, then we can't really truly play the game, which is the visualization part of that. And we don't know where our strengths are going to be able to play in. And we're not going to be able to align all of the core values to that. Um, the one thing it says when you, when, and I, I think this is very, very true because you were talking about being conscious enough to be able to notice when there are shifts and when there are things that are pushing you in a different direction. 
I, the one thing I would actually add to that is Maslow's hierarchy. Exactly. And I've seen this in my own life. And I'm sure you, I mean, you're, yeah, we're, we're looking at each other. I know you guys are listening, but you, and he, Christian's totally shaking his head in agreement with me. So, um, <laughs> but the thing that I've noticed in my life is there's certain things that I cannot make decisions on. I can't even comprehend or fathom because I'm dealing with something that's on one of the lower levels of Maslow's hierarchy from a survival aspect or from a, like, because we're talking about how at the very beginning of this, we're talking about how do we identify ourselves? And you mentioned the fact that too often we place our value in what we do rather than what we are becoming and how we were created. Right. And I think mm-hmm. that is so true because so many people live in the survival mode or mm-hmm. just above survival mode. Maybe they're not surviving on the food and the shelter and uh, that part of it, but they're actually just barely above surviving. And they're not really taking the time to reflect the, the, which is what the first point is here. You must stop, you must reflect. So thinking about that from that perspective, I just love that whole idea of knowing where you're at and understanding that sometimes you're a challenge because it's a way to be able to push you into that higher level of Maslow's hierarchy. And we're not going to go into that now. Just look it up, (laughs) reference it, because it's really a powerful, powerful understanding as you grow in your leadership. Um, So go ahead and add, because I know you were grabbing some stuff and I'm sure you've got some more things there. Yeah. Yeah. So I was actually grabbing another Gallup work. It just got released called Wellbeing at Work. Um, Same gentleman, uh, Jim Clifton and also Jim Harder from, uh, from Gallup. And so their research is just, is just massive. You open up the book and the very, very first thing that the, the first chapter says, imagine the next global pandemic is a mental health crisis, a global um, mental health pandemic. The next sentence, it's here now. Yeah. You know, I, I, I pointed out when I was um, transparent in terms of my mental health challenges of, of anxiety and, and depression, and they just go on about the statistics of, and then especially during COVID, um, what, what happened. And I look at that experience over the past year, um, you know, now what, 15 going into 16 months um, uh, with a lot of gratitude, um, a lot of remorse, a lot of um, um, angst and uh, um, uh, concern for all those that were lost and the the families that were impacted is, you know, it's brutal. Um, But on the, on the, silver lining side of things, the introspection mm-hmm. that I was able to do. Yeah. Um, and with the shift, here I am talking about shift, right? yep, yep. A, a model that I, that I built that's, I'm not sure how many of your, of your listeners have ever heard of the term triple bottom line, that's people, planet, profit. That's the both and, as opposed to the either or. You can integrate the economy with people and not just workers, um, and with the resources that make up the economy, the environment, people, planet, profit. Mm-hmm. But, and that's 20 years old, more than 20 years old. And there's no actual tools that came from that. I was like, oh, great. There's a, there's a you know, um, three-circle Venn diagram. And where the three circles intersect, that's what's called sustainability. Great. Yeah, but how? Yeah. That's great. Those three circles don't mean anything uh, in terms of how do you shift from where we are to where we need to go, that's that's a change. And so um, what came to me in a, in a flash in 2016 was a different way of looking at it, which is what I call a three-dimensional business model. Mm-hmm. Shift, include, evaluate, and act. And you talked about that all, nothing happens unless there's action, right? Uh, and that's the last step in a continuous improvement way. 
Can you can you give us those three steps again? Because you went real fast. So what were yeah, those three? So the things overall, again? the mo- the model's about um, um, first shifting. So to shift. Yep. Include. Evaluate. Act. Act in a kaizen way, which is Japanese for continuous improvement. You never arrive. Right. It's, it's you. You have to evaluate. You have to decide, and you have to act. And guess what? You have to evaluate that action, and then make another decision. And that decision could be. Um, the you know stay course, or it could be shift course. Uh, I've done a lot of again lifelong learner showing up again. Um, when I got my MBA in sustainability, I decided to stop being educated by Google, and actually get into a, an institution to get my uh, master's of business administration, specifically in sustainability leadership. Mm-hmm. And what came about, just in terms of my the refinement of my thinking and my awareness from all of that case studies and, and research and learning is any organization that cared about sustainability. And it started with the multinationals, it started with Walmart, Kellogg's, General Mills, and Nike, large companies. But it wasn't until they had a shift in their awareness. Now that shift happened in the beginning, the, the middle part of the 2000s, um, specifically because they were multinational and they were seeing impacts in their supply chains. Uh, and from, from resource constraints and resource challenges that were environmentally, um, and in some, some regards, socially um, addressed uh, or, or, or having issue underneath them. And it was through that awareness and then investor pressure, institutional yep. investment pressure, that they had to shift. Shift to do what? To include things you've not included before. Well, how do you do that? Well, how do you know that you're working and, and it's, it's effective? Well, you have to come up with tools to be able to measure. Yeah. We've been measuring money in numbers for a very, very long time, for millennia, right? Because it's easy to do because it's a number. How do you place a number on social well-being in the workplace? It's a whole new concept. Well, and that's what I love about this book. I, this this is a new introduction, so I'm really happy about this. Uh, you know, the well-being at work and as far as the mental, I, I totally agree. And then adding on top of that, the fact that you're right, well, there is, and this is just from my own personal experience. I've seen a greater stress in the mental health over the last year, especially mm-hmm. because of COVID and because of some of the challenges and being isolated, which is a negative kind of form rather than the, the solitude, which is the positive reflection. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so some people are really struggling at this point still, and they're still trying to come yes. over a, a lot of the mental issues. And, and in, even people that would normally be thought totally healthy in a mental state are still struggling. I mean, just the anxiety and the depression, it's not, it, anyway, we don't need to and go down not- that entire... Exactly. And that's why being able to measure well-being is so important. Yep. And um, there's two simple questions that a Gallup wants to ask is, um, where are you now on the ladder from zero to 10? How, how, where are you? Are you thriving? Are you struggling? Um, or, or are you suffering? Yeah. And um, it's only those that are thriving when you ask that question. Next question, how do you feel your life will be in five years? If you're thriving, you feel your life is going to be better. If you're struggling, it may be worse. It may be better. Small percentage um, will be be better than than the same. If you're suffering, you feel you don't see a way out, right? And so I'm, again, thankful and very, very grateful that I'm seeing shifts in in societal mindsets going on, right? And, you know, the, um, the whole concept of building back better, I think, is fantastic. Because yeah, yeah. 
Einstein said it wonderfully. You cannot solve problems with the same level of thinking that created that problem. Mm. You have to really parse that out. What does that mean? That means we're actually creating problems today. I'm sorry, we're creating problems for tomorrow on the problems we're solving today because we don't know what we don't know. Unintended consequence. Right. And we, when we, if we look through a Newtonian lens only, logical, measuring the, the things that we know we can measure numbers, there's so much we're not understanding from a system standpoint that we're going to uh, wreak a little bit of havoc. Now, all the problems we have societally, uh, climate change is, is, is one of them, um, are, are issues in how well we can be creative on how to look at the situation. Again, nothing changes without a shift. <laughs> right. And it's in that shift that then more can get solved because then it's not easy. You have no idea how to do it, but then you figure it out. You make mistakes. Again, A to B is never a straight line. It's always yeah, exactly. failure, failure, failure. Uh, insight, Seen those insight, charts insight, where they go up and down and failure. up and down. And, you know, that's the path exactly. to success. It's never a straight line. It's always, always. And once and you finally get there, once you've picked the fruit up that's on the ground, that every organization that starts with sustainability starts with eco-efficiency. They start with the operations of the organization or the company and look to where they can see gain and progress. And they didn't, they didn't see it until they looked. Hey, wait a minute. We didn't notice that before because you didn't have the shift to look at it. So now you have that struggle right? and that aha moment and then that accomplishment. And then what's the next situation? Oh, wait a minute. We didn't see that fruit that was laying very right the on the bottom of those branches. Again, challenge. I don't know how to deal with it. It's the process that's going to help you figure it out. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to learn. You're going to have some failures. You're going to make progress. You're going to then go, oh, wait a minute. That's the progression of life as an individual, as an organization, and even as a society. Yeah, it's just, that's so awesome. All right, so wrapping up here. I mean, we're, we've been talking for, I think, almost 30, 30, 40 minutes, somewhere in that ballpark. So we're getting, so if it, and I always ask these final questions and I love these final questions because it just allows us to hone in on specifics. So if you, if somebody hasn't gotten anything out of this, which if you haven't, you need to go back and listen to it. Right. Um, Because there's a lot of great stuff as we're we're just kind of talking. What would be the one thing that you would want somebody to walk away with? This is my one walk away lesson. You only got 30 seconds going up an elevator. You got two floors to pass. The walkaway thing is what? What would you say that out of everything you've said, what is the one thing you want somebody else to take away? Nothing changes or improves without a shift in mindset. And just might as well drop the mic. <laughs> yes. And it starts with mindset, but it also nothing changes or improves in business without a shift in how you think about it. Yep. yep. And that's why consultants and coaches – are so important. I don't mean to give a <laughs> kind of a little sales pitch here, but you've got to have one because they give you a different perspective. That's right. They allow you to see things from a different angle. They're sitting in a different seat. They see it from a different, like a different level. You've got to have it. I can't say how often I've walked into a, a client and then they, they're like, well, I did, I, I've been in your chair. I know what, I know what you're going to say. I'm like, yeah, but this is your baby. You're involved right. in the daily work, right? In your company. And sometimes you don't see this perspective because you're too close to it. You need that other perspective. So you don't know what you don't know. And they're called blind spots. Exactly. Welcome exactly. to humanity. Exactly. So, all right. Um, and then two more questions. One of them is, and I think I know the answer to this question. Uh, what would be one book that you would recommend? And maybe it's the well-being. Maybe it's a different one, but what, what would be a one book that you would recommend for somebody to take a look at? 
I, I can't say one. It's it's Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of <laughs> Everybody on the people. show says that. Like, I just I can't say one. So I th- I'm thinking about it because it's a, it's a dead heat between Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and Quantum Spirituality, A Journey of Personal Discovery by Grant Trevithick. They're entirely different books. I know. There's so many things that we need to read. I've got a bookshelf full of them. That's why I love, love this question because it puts people on the spot and they're like, Oh, I got to give you two. I got to give you two. They're just too good. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's so funny. So what was the last one you said? Quantum, what quantum? Quantum spirituality, a journey of personal discovery. Grant Trevithick, T-R-E-V-I-T-H-I-C-K. Yeah. And I think almost everybody listening probably has heard of or knows about, and if you haven't read it, you need to read it. The seven habits of highly effective individuals. I mean, that's a, that's like a core book on every business person's shelf. At least it should be. Yes. Um, It's just a a phenomenal by Stephen Covey. So if you uh, have me, if you have me back, I'll tell you the story about when I met um, Stephen Covey. Oh, (laughs) we'll have to see about getting that then. Um, Yeah. Because actually his son is just as good of a writer, Stephen Covey Jr. Mm -hmm. He's got some really great books out there as well. Um, So we actually, we have three recommendations and I, I mean, I'm going to just jump in and say that well-being at work. I hadn't heard about that one before, but I love the strength finders that has helped me out so much and just understanding my own personal growth. And I think that well-being at work is going to have just as much impact. So really, really glad. All right. So last thing, how can people get in contact with you? How would you like them to be in contact with you? Everybody's a little bit different. So where would you like them to go? So my website's not done, but it's up with the with the page to get a hold of me. It's www.optimus-one.com. O-P-T-I-M-U-S-hyphen-one.com. And if you do a search on LinkedIn for Christian Greco MBA, you'll find me. Yeah, perfect. And we'll make sure that they're in the notes. All you got to do is click on the, the link. It should take you right back and we'll have that stuff in the notes. All right. Wow. It was a blast. It was a good time. Appreciate I feel like it. my head's about ready to explode. I'm like trying to digest all. I'm going to have to do this uh, practice of stopping, just reflecting, kind of writing some notes down on my journal because there's some really good stuff in this aspect. And it's so true. Even if you've done this before where you've stopped, reflected, you play your game, you visualize, you align. Even if you've done that before, it helps because sometimes we get it's like a slow fade. We kind of just slowly start to get off course. So coming back to center, taking that time, stopping and coming back to it. It's absolutely key. So yeah, it's uh, it's pretty amazing. But um, all right. So until next time, Christian, I want to say thanks. Anything that you want to say before we sign off? Anything that's just burning on your heart? Like, I got to say this. No, I really appreciate the, the opportunity. It was a fantastic conversation, discussion. Awesome. Awesome. So, all right, guys, until next time, make sure you tune in. Uh, We're going to be releasing a bunch more, changing some stuff up. We've got some building block stuff that we're going to be running Lego masters, because obviously that's going on right now. So appreciate you guys listening. And one last point, and I make this every week, if something that we've said has changed your life, please let us know. This is why we do it is to leave an impact. And whether it's Christian says something or I said something, we want to hear from you. So send back a message, let us know. And those stories coming back, they inspire us. They leave a deep impact and it really motivates us to continue. So thank you for listening and let us know. We'll talk soon. I wanted to say thanks again for joining into our conversation. You know, one of the things that I've seen across the board, whether you're a business leader, owner, entrepreneur, or even a leader, is the struggles that we go through and feeling like we're all alone. We've created a class, a workshop type class called MentorMind, where we meet for six months. In that six months, you were able to meet and talk with other people that are going through much of the same situations, same scenarios, same challenges, and it gives us a great way to be able to connect 
grow, support, and encourage each other. And if you've often felt like there's no one else that you can share with, let me invite you to MentorMind, where you can share some of the challenges, come up with solutions, and be able to live the best life that you have. We'll talk soon, guys.